0: 1987, that's when a bomb was detonated in the Howard County uh, Courthouse, killing a drug dealer that was on trial and injuring Sheriff J.D. Beatty very seriously. It blew his thumb almost all the way off, J.D.'s. He had about 100 pieces of shrapnel in his body. He was burned over about 60% of his body also when he had to have he had to have skin grafts he lost almost all the hearing in one ear and he had a continuous ringing in his other ear and he had to sleep with a fan so that he could concentrate enough to to go to sleep would you say that he was wounded but not only was he wounded physically that particular day he was wounded as a young boy he was born and raised in Gateway Gardens on the south side of Kokomo. I was born and raised on the west side of the tracks and of some sort of humble means as he was. He had several siblings that he was responsible for to take care of as his dad had abandoned him when he was a young boy. So he was uh, he not only injured physically and wounded physically, but he was also injured and Emotionally uh, hindered, they were very poor—about as poor as a church mouse. You, but that was all in his—that was all in his past. His dad was arrested and was in the—was in prison. And uh, JD J. was very embarrassed of that. Later in. On as a young man, he was hired by the Indianapolis Police Department and then spent a co- two or three years there, came back to Kokomo and was hired as the Howard County Sheriff's Department and was twice elected sheriff. Prior to being elected sheriff, he worked in what they call the Meg Squad. It's a metropo- metropolitan enforcement group. And he traveled all over Indiana, and he was a part of arresting Hundreds of drug dealers that was bringing dope into the Kokomo Howard County area all over the state of Indiana And some of those people were very prominent people If I remember correctly, there was a judge that was arrested, there was an attorney that was arrested uh, Several prominent individuals See, J.D. was a fearless individual J.D. loved a good fight Not only physically but uh, verbally, also. And I see Chuck smiling because he's, he's, in, he's, in a, he's in accordance with me. JD was always smiling and he was always happy. He had had a back surgery that he had a big scar down the back, was always in continuous pain, had to continually go and get quarters and shots. He had two heart operations where he had two valves replaced, and he was scarred from head to toe. But you know what? I never heard the man complain one time about it. One time about his physical scars or one time about his emotional scars. And one day he told me, he said, in uh, in 1976, he had told me that he had gotten saved. And you talk about a total transformation because this is a guy that, when he was working this, the Meg Squad, he he uh, was kind of a big brawny guy, and he would wear fatigue clothing, and he had a beard, and he looked just like Castro. So to, he had a background that one wouldn't think that would maybe be successful in life, somebody that maybe couldn't get past their past. He told me one day, he said, Phil, I'm going to prison. But I'm going to prison to witness to my dad. So he did. He went and he told his dad, he said, I forgive you. I forgive you for all the things that happened as a child. And I want you to forgive me for what involvement I had in it. And he spoke with his dad. And in that time, his dad was saved and accepted Christ as his personal savior in a penitentiary. The bomb went off on that April the 20th day. It was, I was standing at the corner of Superior Street and Union Street and it was the most frightening sound that you ever heard. And there may have been, there's basically some attorneys here that may have heard that sound also. But I knew that it was really, really bad. And my job then, I was Captain Detectives in Kokomo and um, I went back to the office because I knew I had to set up a command center and we began to set up the command center and was subsequently thereafter you know we got all the information together and nothing to take a long make a long story short but JD was transferred down to Indianapolis hospital and during that time frame the Lord spoke to me I believe and he said Phil he said we need to take this situation and take it from something that happened that was bad and turn it into something that was good and so he said, I want you to go down and talk and see J.D. and ask him if his first public speak speech will be in a church. So I agreed to do that. My wife, Barb, and I went down to the hospital, and I told J.D. what the Lord had laid upon my heart, that I felt like that God had spared his life, and he had spoken to me, and I really felt that his first public speech should be in a church. He said, I think you're right. So at my home church we organized it in Oakford Baptist Church, out on twenty six at that time. It seated about five hundred people, and then on that particular night, when JD was ready to speak, he just walked up on the platform and he pointed to the cross. He pointed to the cross. Because he knew that not only had God saved his life in that bombing, but also he had saved his life from eternal damnation and believe me there was not a dry eye in the church that evening and there was at least one person saved that particular night that I remember but a lot of people were blessed because of that that would be my attempt today to tell you guys that if you want to get past the past and look to the future You've got to point it to the cross. You've got to point your life to the cross because only through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ can we get past our past. Sadly to say, it was only just a few years ago that J.D. went home to be with the Lord, to be with his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to be with his friends, To be with his family and to be with his dad. Quite a homecoming, I would say. See, men, we never know when it's going to be the Lord calling us home. I would say that JD got past his past, wouldn't you? And that he encountered Jesus. What about us? Have we gotten past our past? You know, sometimes people don't like to talk about somebody that passes away and talk about their life, but honestly, I'm kind of proud to stand here and talk about my friend J.D. because I know what his life represented. And I, and I know that if he were to be able to see you men gathered and to hear, to hear a part of his life story, he would be, he would be very happy about that because he, he was a guy that wanted to make a difference in people's lives. See, we can experience salvation and we can experience a relationship with the Lord, but we really need to experience service for the Lord and be involved. In Philippians 3.13, Paul talks about forgetting the past and pressing forth towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Even the great apostle Paul had to forget about his past in order to be able to be a warrior for the Lord see men we are all kind of posers men are we hide we hide from our past we hide from situations in our life that keep us down and we hide behind sports and we hide behind acting tough and sometimes we hide behind alcohol and sometimes we hide behind drugs we hide behind women and our careers and we hide behind being macho and having all the answers and things like that, and if I can get this and I can get that, everything will be okay. Not depending upon God, but looking for ourselves for some kind of validation. The verse that we use for huddle is Proverbs nineteen twenty one, and it talks about many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose. That prevails, and nearly that's really all that matters. We can, we can have all the uh, ideas in our life that we want to accomplish, but unless it's the Lord's ideas, they don't matter. Do we really know that without Him that I can do nothing, and I can do all things through Christ Jesus? Do we really know that deep down in our heart? See, our past can haunt, haunt us. And Satan wants us to fear our past. But in 2 Timothy 2, God talks about, For God has, given this, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And we can finish it and say, so that we can get past our past. See, we have to be consumed with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We have to be consumed with Bible study and church and fellowship and service to God and others. Then we'll be a tree for Jesus. You want to be a tree for Jesus? I do. My favorite verse in the, in the, in the uh, Bible. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall, pos- pro- shall prosper. What he's saying, men, is, is watch who you hang around with. Read my word, and you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and your life will be fruitful, and your life will be prosperous. That's what he's saying in that particular verse. See, I have to get past my past daily. As I was preparing the last month to be able to speak to you guys today, Satan has a way of reminding you of your past and making you feel like that you're not worthy to stand here. But you know why I'm worthy? Because of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. My past is my past. He reminded me of things 20 years ago. He reminded me of things 30 years ago. And he reminded me of things when I was a kid. And you know what? We're all alike, every one of us. Because you know what? Not only is your past what we would probably think of before salvation, our past is from this point backwards to yesterday. We always have to get past our past. And if we were to raise hands, which I would not want you to, but there's somebody here that has experienced the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has been in ministry for the Lord. He has been a servant of the Lord, but he's wounded. He's wounded. He has a past that he has to get past. And it wasn't before salvation, it was after salvation. So what I'm saying is, guys, that we have to work at keeping our lives spotless so that we can be a tree for the Lord. Taking our past and turning it into good and for the cause of Christ. See, we all have to get past our past. Henry Ford went broke five times. Did you know that? You wouldn't know it today, would you? Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. Max Ciccato, a great Christian author, his first book was rejected 14 times. Vince Lombardi was said to possess minimal football skills, believe that, and that he lacks motivation. (sighs) Burt Reynolds was said that he can't act. Clint Eastwood was told that his Adam's apple was so big that he'd never make it. I would say they got past their past. Getting past our past is a life's journey of perseverance and stick to itism. John Wesley, the great preacher, wrote in his journal on May the first, he was asked not to return to preach. On May the nineteenth, the deacons told him not to return to preach. On May the twenty sixth, a bull chased him off of the street. And on June the second, his kicked off of the highway when he was preaching. And that same afternoon, he preached in a pastor, and 10,000 people came. Did he get past it? What if he would have quit that first time? You know, we can all get discouraged, and we can all have our opinion about how the church ought to be run, and get all upset about little issues in the church, and it can make a difference in how successful that church is. We need to think about the things that matter, the souls of people. And we need to get past our past on a daily basis. And I printed out for each one of you guys the Armor of God prayer. And I truly believe that if our country is going to get past where we're at in this country, and everybody has their own opinion about it, if our local community is going to get past it, where we we think that we're at At this particular point If we're going to be successful For Within our churches And serve God in the way That he'd want us to do That we need to build up strong men And I believe That if each one of us Started that our day With the armor of God prayer It'd make a huge difference In who we are But it'd also make a huge difference With the who the, with whom the people that we we touch on a daily basis it says therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand stand firm then with the belt of truth buckle around your waist and the prayer that goes along with that phrase is is Lord I put on the belt of truth. I choose a lifestyle of honesty and integrity. Show me truths I so desperately need today. Expose the lies that I'm not even aware that I'm believing. And with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and yes, Lord, I wear your righteousness today against all condemnation and corruption. Fit me with your holiness and purity. Defend me from all assaults against my heart. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Lord, I do choose to live for the gospel at any moment. Show me where the larger story is unfolding and keep me from being so lax that I think the most important thing today is the soap operas of this world. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flames and arrows of the evil one. Jesus, I lift against every lie and every assault the confidence that you are good and that you have good in store for me. Nothing is coming today that can overcome me because you are with me. Take the helmet of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. I receive it in a new and fresh way from you, and I declare that nothing can separate me now from the love of Christ and the place I shall ever have in your kingdom. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Holy Spirit, show me specifically today the truths of the Word of God that I would need to encounter to assaults and the snares of the enemy. Bring them to mind throughout the day. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the saints. Finally, Holy Spirit, I agree to walk and step with you in everything and all prayer as my Spirit communes with you throughout the day. That's Ephesians six thirteen and 18. And it comes out of the book of John Eldridge and author of Wild at Heart. And that is an awesome Bible study that I happen to be a part of right now that I'm involved in. I believe that if every one of us took that, and my desire is, see, I printed it up on some pretty good-looking paper for you, that you could take that and put it on your desk at work or someplace and maybe frame it. And when you get the opportunity to look at that, Pray that prayer, and I think you'll find out it'll make a difference in who you are in Christ and what effect you have within your immediate area and your community. We will never become effective for God unless we put on the armor of God daily, picking up our cross and following him and pressing on for Jesus. You know why I press on for Jesus? Even though every day Satan roams around seeking me, Every day I resist him. And every day he keeps fleeing. You know why he flees? Because God has given us that command. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. He'll run into that armor of God that you just read about. And he's gone. But you have to be the one to resist to get past your past. The reason I press on is because of Barb, and that's my wife, and my daughter, Tina, and my son-in-law, Brian, and my grandson, Seth, and my daughter, Tara, and my son-in-law, Roger, and my granddaughter, Layla. I press on because of my family and because of my friends. I press on for you, my church, and the 46,000 unchurched in Howard County. I press on for them because I want to make a difference, and I hope that you want to make a difference also. I want to be a tree for Jesus, do you? I want to be a tree for Jesus. I press on for myself, looking for that day when I hear him say, Enter in, thou good and faithful servant, and receive the kingdom I have prepared for you. Keep, the, keep your eyes on the cross, guys, and you'll be a tree for Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for your many blessings, and God, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray for the times that I stammered, and the pray for the times that maybe I didn't say exactly what you wanted me to, but that you would take those and you would, you would just cast them into the sea, Lord. And I pray that these men would just remember the things that you would want them to remember, the good things that you would have them to do and the relationship you want with them. So I ask your blessings upon them as they talk about their commitment and about their past and what they intend to do about it. We just love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.